Welcome to the Poem of the Week. Each week, our poems are intended to help you practice the best, most current medicine by alerting you to studies that could change your practice. As usual, our host this week is National Public Radio's Dr. Michael Wilkes and Essential Evidence Senior Editor Dr. Mark Abel. Gentlemen. Hello, Mark. How are you doing? I'm good, Mike. How are you? Good. Uh, we're going to talk today about atrial fibrillation. Uh, as listeners will know, it's uh, associated with an irregularly irregular ventricular rhythm and the absence of distinct P waves. It is the most commonly treated cardiac arrhythmia, and we'll, we'll come back and talk about this in a minute. The prevalence of atrial fibrillation increases with age, and by the time somebody reaches the age of 60, it's estimated that about 4 percent of the population is impacted. In developed countries, hypertensive heart disease and coronary artery disease are the most common underlying disorders in patients who present with AFib. It may or may not be associated with clinical symptoms, and the spectrum of these symptoms when they do present is very broad. Uh, Those that present with symptoms often include palpitations and tachycardia, sometimes fatigue and weakness and dizziness, lightheadedness, um, perhaps reduced um, exercise uh, capacity, and maybe even some mild dyspnea. There are more severe symptoms, uh, including rest and angina and presyncope, but those are, are less common. We know that AFib is often precipitated by alcohol and emotion and exercise. There are four common types of atrial fibrillation, paroxysmal, which is self-terminating, persistent, which fails to terminate usually within seven days, long-standing persistent atrial fibrillation, which refers to AFib that's lasted more than 12 months. And then there's what's called permanent AFib, which is what we commonly refer to for patients who have AFib but a joint uh, shared decision is made between the patient and the clinician that they do not wish to pursue any uh, rhythm control strategy. Often we can pick up uh, AFib on the physical exam, but clearly it needs to be confirmed with an EKG. So the question is, given all of this stuff and the fact that it's present in 4% of people over 60, the question is, do we need to screen for this? You found a poem. It was uh, published in the journal Circulation in 2022. It starts on page 946, and it attempts to answer the clinical question, does screening people over the age of 65 for AFib in the primary care setting improve patient outcomes? Very interesting, important question, pretty common. What did they find, Mark? Yeah, I remember when I was on the USPSTF and this topic came up, we basically said there just isn't enough evidence. You know, we, we need studies exactly like this one. So this is great to see. So this study was sponsored by the manufacturers of the DOAC Apixaban, also known as Eliquis. They randomized 16 primary care clinics to provide either routine screening for AFib in persons 65 and older using a single lead handheld EKG cardiomobile you can buy it yourself on Amazon or just usual care. They paired comparable clinics demographically and then they picked one randomly assigned to the screening group and one to the uh, usual care group. In the end, bottom line is the clinics, the groups of clinics look pretty similar in terms of demographics, vitals, and comorbidities. Ultimately, there were 15,400 patients in the screening group and a very similar number in the usual care group. So this was a large, adequately powered trial. 
Um, patients 65 and older were offered screening, as I said. Ultimately, about 72% of that population actually did undergo screening. So it had a pretty good uptake. After one year, there was no difference between groups in the primary outcome of newly diagnosed atrial fib. 1.7% in the screen group, 1.6% in the unscreened group. That difference was obviously not statistically or clinically significant. They looked at it in terms of both per protocol and intention to treat analysis, same conclusion. There was also no likelihood, I'm sorry, no difference between groups in the likelihood that a patient will get a new prescription for an anticoagulant. Um, basically, they did find a subgroup, patients 85 and older, where there was a slightly higher likelihood of being diagnosed with AF in the screened group. The difference was 1.8%, so 5.6 versus 3.8%, so number needed to screen of about 55 or so, um, so a small difference. So bottom line, the USPSTF gave screening an I recommendation. This study, I think, is really a welcome addition to the evidence base and found no benefit to screening for AF in a large adequately powered trial. Um, they did find an increased rate of diagnosis in the oldest patients, but that was post hoc. I'd say it's hypothesis generating and needs confirmation. I think you also need to look at what happens to those patients <clears throat> after they're diagnosed because there's so many other competing causes of mortality at that age. You know, I, I'm not sure the balance of benefits and harms is as good for someone who's 90 as it might be for someone who's 65 or 70. But, you know, that requires further study. Why do you think Mark Industry funded this? Well, <laughs> that's a, gee, golly, Mike. I think they wanted to find more folks to take Eliquis, which, you know, can't blame them. And good on them for funding a well-designed trial in the right population, the right setting. Uh, so, yeah, good on them. I mean, I, I have no problem with their motivation. I just want to make sure the study gets done correctly. You know, yeah. I do think that AFib is one of those things that we pick up, you know, just as a matter of usual care. You know, someone's listening to a patient's heart or a patient presents with symptoms or, you know, the nurse is taking their blood pressure uh, and, you know, so, or they're getting the blood pressure cuff maybe is even programmed to detect this. So I think this is happening already to some extent. So this is saying we don't need to make an extra effort to screen for AFib. Thanks, Mark. We'll talk with you again in a week. Well, that's this week's poem. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to read this and other recent poems, please go to www.essentialevidence.com. And please join us again next week for another medical poem. 